This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Thank you very much to the news teams. Thanks, Nosipo, and thank you very much, Junior Malenga. It is nine minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock, and we're going to focus on the story that keeps leading in the headlines, our headlines and elsewhere, and it is the tragic, tragic story of uh, what transpired at the Emplatz mine in uh, Brits yesterday. 11 mine workers losing their lives when a lift um, somehow uh, collapsed in the shaft, uh, more than 70 uh, mine workers being injured, 11 tragically losing their lives. And as we say this, without in any way uh, precluding what might have transpired, what investigations will find, um, whether it's a freak accident, human error, whatever it is that will be found, um, the truth of the matter is that South African mines are generally considered very safe mines in terms of occupational health, uh, engineering and technical standards. And so when these accidents do happen, um, it really and truly uh, becomes such a blemish, unfortunately, on an otherwise pretty good, I'm not saying stellar, I'm just saying a decent track record. Um, because where South African mine safety standards were, say, 30 years ago and where they are today, it is a chalk and cheese situation. And so when we hear of the Lily Mine, for instance, where just this year, almost 10 years later, they finally had to declare um, the deceased officially dead because they can't geologically get into the mine to recover those, to retrieve those bodies. Those kinds of things uh, start to become um, just a reminder that it's not always a perfect track record um, and what could be done to make it better. So in 2022, 49 mine workers died on the job here in South Africa, a record low, we're told, in a calendar year since industrial scale mining began more than a century ago. But, you know, 22, 48, 49 lives is still 49 families affected. 11 lives is 11 families affected, even if each year they're improving. So what could be done better? That's the conversation we're having now with David von Veik, a research and mining analyst at the Benchmarks Foundation. Good morning, David. Good morning, Lerato, and thank you for having us on your show. Thank you so much for coming through. So firstly, your reflections and what you know of the tragedy at Amplas. Well, um, the, the, the workers were coming up from the day shift uh, late in the afternoon around 4.30 mm. on Monday. And uh, suddenly the cage that they were coming up in, it's a three-story cage which can take 80 people at three levels, uh, started falling backwards into the shaft instead of going upwards towards mm. the entrance of the shaft. Um, it fell down for some 200 meters and then it got stuck in what seems to be brackets on the side of the shaft, which suddenly brought it to a halt, which then imploded the the, the three levels uh, into each other. And of course, the people in the bottom level would have been the ones that wow. were uh, most crushed. Um, now, from my own experience uh, with regard to mining, uh, under apartheid, they had three levels. The top level would be the white workers, the middle level would be supervisory workers, and the 
and the bottom level would be the guys who 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 basically you mm. know move the rock and things like that mm. um i don't know if that's still the case um but uh, in any case uh we've had similar accidents in the past in tautona i think it was around two 2009 uh, on on the far west end, Coltonville Mm. area, where uh, a cage also fell down a shaft and killed all the workers in the cage. Mm. Um, When we talk about uh, an improvement in safety, we Mm. must consider that mining, large-scale industrial mining is in steep decline in South Africa, Mm. so there are much fewer mines now than there were 10, 15, 20 years ago. So naturally, the accident level should go down Uh as the large-scale industrial mines also go into decline and close, uh, as has been happening uh, over over recent years. Now, if we look at these Impala mines in the Rustenburg area around Chaneng and so on, uh, they are very old mines. Um, those mines were taken over uh, from uh, Anglo and some of them started uh, in 1968 already and some of them existed even before 1968. Now, when when you have a situation where you've got a decline in industrial mining, you must pay, pay special attention to the maintenance of infrastructure at such a mine, the maintenance of equipment at such a mine and so on, because that would be uh, the area in which you have a lot of danger. Mm-hmm. However, what we find in the industry, which is very problematic, is to sustain high levels of return on investment. Very often there are cuts in the maintenance spend, there are cuts in the uh, mine health and safety spend, as well as cuts in the environment spend uh, to ensure that uh, the mine remains profitable for as long as possible. Mm. So, you know, very often uh, profits trump safety. Um, And if we then also consider, if we do a comparison between South African mines and Australian mines and and Canadian mines, for example, our record is not as good as we think it is. Um, um, uh, and uh, also, if we look at the wages and the conditions under which workers are living, mm-hmm. um, that can also lead to a situation where people lack attention because many of these mine workers live in zinc shacks in squatter camps around the mine mm-hmm. and close to the mining area and so on. They don't, have, they don't eat enough food and so on. They, 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 they are malnourished. Uh, basically. So also what we find is that these kinds of accidents spike in the festive season and over public holiday periods such as the 27th of April and the 1st of May and so on when workers get to go home to the Eastern Cape, to Lesotho and Mozambique Mm -hmm. where they come from. They they push for productivity bonuses uh, and and, and then safety often goes out the window uh, because the workers are very keen to take more money home uh, because their families back home would expect them to come with something uh, when they get home. Mm. Okay, so you've really pre- presented to us um, a social concern, uh, mm. uh, an industry-wide challenge, mm. and also something mm. quite personal in terms of occupational health. Mm. And yet, despite everything that you said, South Africa's Mm. mine safety standards are said to be some of the best in the world. And to that end, periodically, there have been steady declines. And you've also explained to us that because we're seeing fewer mines in operation, those numbers should naturally look lower than than what you'd expect. But does that take away from the fact that a lot of regulatory interventions have led to the mines being safer in South Africa? 
Well, I think that uh, the unions are complaining that the Mine Health and Safety Council inspectors and so on do not do uh, I- inspections regularly enough. They 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 also allege that um, the the inspectors are sometimes bribed, um, and they 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 raise a, a number of concerns uh, with regard to uh, the way in which uh, inspections and so on are done. You know, so it is a concern, um, and and uh, what is of concern is that. We, 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 we are living in a country, unfortunately, where the minerals industry, the minerals complex is very, very powerful. Mm. Um, and so the narrative that goes out is not always an accurate narrative. You know, uh, sometimes things get gets covered up, sometimes things don't get reported, sometimes inspections and things that should happen are not happening. Um, uh, and the military-industrial complex power is reflected in the fact that both the president and the minister of mining actually come from a union background themselves uh, originally, uh, but now are actually uh, on the on the side of the big companies and so on. Uh, they, they themselves being involved in the industry in one way or the other, or their families being involved in the industry in one in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, we, we have a rather unhealthy situation in South Africa where, um, you know, the political elite and the mining elite overlap quite a lot. And one would rather have want to see a department that is very strict on regulations and, and less keen to, to promote the industry. Its job is not, you know, it's a referee between workers in the industry, between communities in the industry. It cannot, as a referee, play only on one side. Mm-hmm. It actually must be above all these uh, interest groups that are there in the industry and fairly deal with the issues and regulate uh, and legislate, um, you know, rather than promote. The mining industry is wealthy enough to promote itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what needs to happen in terms of compliance, in terms of interventions, what really needs to be happening to make South African mines safer than what is already the case? Well, um, the the unions are calling for uh, mine accidents to be prosecuted criminally where people are actually where people are actually dying in such and such accidents and so on. Um, we we believe that the productivity bonuses should be taken out and they should be replaced with safety bonuses because the productivity bonuses lead workers to do things that are unsafe each team that goes each team that goes underground has a safety officer with it but the safety officer often is told by the other workers to keep quiet when the situation is unsafe mm. because when an unsafe situation is reported, the miners to stop until that situation is made safe, made safe before they can proceed. Mm. Um, and this is because the workers want the bonuses. Um, and so uh, the, the, the safety officers are often reported to management as obstructing productivity when in actual fact their job is to prevent the kind of accident that we've just seen happening. So recently, and the two things are not related at all, at all, at all. I have to state that unequivocally. But we saw what transpired at the one gold mine um, where the dispute was over union representation, who's a legitimate representative, who the company recognizes, industrial relations, really. And what happened is a group of mine workers, so there's two uh, interpretations. Yeah. Yeah. So one group of workers decided to stage a sit-in below ground for a couple of days. 
others were held hostage. Whatever is the truth, the fact remains that there's a lot that happens below ground that we might not appreciate before we're even dealing with basic quality of equipment, moving mine workers up and down. Could you just paint a picture for us? Well, you see, South African mines are some of the deepest mines in the world, so they are extremely hot. You get about 40 degree uh, Celsius temperatures down there. The mines have to be cooled down all the time by blowing cold air down Mm. and and sucking the hot air out. Um, Most of the mine workers use hydraulic drills, which... uh, You know, the name hydraulic means they are powered by water. Mm. Because we're a water-scarce country, very often they use semi-treated sewage water or brown water. Mm. So on every mine you will find a tap that's painted in green and a tap that's painted in blue. You can't drink, uh, or in red and and blue, you can't drink the the water from the red tap because that that tap is is semi-treated sewage water. Now, the guys who are operating these hydraulic drills get sprayed by this water all the time. So many mine workers complain that the water gets into their gumboots and things like that and their feet start to rot, for example. I was working in the Northwest government for 10 years from 1994 to 2004, mm. and we often had outbreaks of cholera in the, in the Clarksdorf area, and we couldn't figure out why, because cholera is associated with, um, with very wet conditions. Mm. Um, but the outbreaks of cholera actually happened because of this brown water that were being used uh, to push these hydraulic drills underground. Um, and and that, was, that was the source of the problem. Um, you know, so uh, the other thing, of course, is that the workers are constantly breathing dust. The dust is full of silica. In the gold mines, the dust would also be full of uranium and other heavy metals and so on as well. So very often, uh, mine workers develop lung problems. And very often they get retrenched because of the lung problems they are sent home. And they usually sent home when their lungs are just above the 55% requirement by the Mine Health and Safety Act, uh, uh, you know, for for them to get compensation from the mine. So they get sent home without any compensation. Uh, Richard Spur just earlier this week noted that even where workers are entitled to compensation, they don't get the compensation because the pension funds, the, the compensation funds and so on, are very difficult to mm. access by people who don't have access to internet, uh, network, uh, cell phones, uh, fax machines and things like that. Mm. You know, so many families actually go without the compensation that is there. And, uh, you know, UMCU calculates that there's something like 600 million rands a year in compensation that doesn't get paid out. Mm, Okay. Uh, We're in conversation with David van Veek, research and mining analyst at the Benchmarks Foundation. Getting you what you need to know. Power Talk. Weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon on Power 98.7. Yes, we're in conversation with David van Veek. He's a research and mining analyst at the Benchmarks Foundation. And he's really giving us uh, what I'm going to call a sobering view of what work conditions are like below surface for South African mine workers, um, what protections there are. And even though there have been a lot of regulatory guidelines and interventions on safety, it seems as though it's still the kind of work you do at great personal risk uh, because the safety standards, while some of the best in the world, are not the best, is what I've understood you to say, David van Veek. 
Now, that's true. Um, it certainly is not the best. It doesn't compare with Australia at all. It doesn't con- compare with Canada at all. Um, you know, and the, the other thing, of course, is that when you talk about workers going underground, you talk about uh, people doing extremely hard work for very long hours, eight to ten hours a day, maybe even more sometimes. And, um, you know, a worker is, 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 is a totality. He's not just the person who gets in the cage and goes underground. He's also a person who has to live somewhere above ground, who has to feed uh, and eat uh, above ground, who has to be entertained above ground, uh, and who has to relax above ground. Now, uh, because we have a migrant labor system, which we inherited from apartheid, but we've not really changed at all, um, since the mine hostels have been converted into family units, they can take much fewer workers than they did in the past. So, mm-hmm. for example, Sabanyas Marikana mine, which used to be Lonman, had 36,000 workers in mine hostels. Now it's got less than 6,000. The other 30,000 were pushed out on what is called a living out allowance. And this is an extra amount of money that workers get on top of their salaries, which they don't like spending because they get a little enough as mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. So... What they do is they then rent a shack basically in the, in the nearest squatter camp. And so you have big squatter camps. If you go on Google Earth around any South African mine, mm-hmm. you'll find quite close to the mine compounds or the mine hostels, uh, informal settlements and squatter camps. Um, it's also these informal settlements later on when the mine gets abandoned that becomes the source for Zamazamas mm-hmm. as the same mine workers just remain behind and they actually go down the mine now mm-hmm. illegally because they don't have any other income. Now, if we consider that tens of thousands of workers have been retrenched now in the last five or six months from various mining companies, um, uh, you know, these guys will, will end up, uh, we are fighting on the one hand with the army and the police against Amazamas. On the other hand, mm. the industry is retrenching workers on a large scale and they've got no other skills than mining. They know nothing else but mining. And uh, very often uh, when they do get retrenched, they struggle to get their unemployment fund money and other money, as I explained earlier. And so they just remain behind in the same squatter camp. Uh, if you go uh, on Main Reef Road and you go all the way out to Cook 1, 2 and 3 shafts mm-hmm. on the way to Carltonville, you will see that they, those mines are at the moment being stripped. By, by informal settlers mm-hmm. and so on, and very soon they will become major operations for uh, Zama Zama right. workers. Um, and 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 uh, you know, so so the, the while the government is trying to fight the problem on one hand, on the other hand, uh, these retrenchments result in uh, right. uh, the, the 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 problem actually growing. Okay. And and this is because we don't plan to repurpose mines. We should repurpose mines for other uses. They've got a lot of infrastructure that can be very useful to communities around them. You know, uh, okay. things like training facilities okay. and so on. Uh, if you could just answer this question very briefly because we've run out of time. So yeah. there is something called the zero harm uh, program or policy uh, in okay. South African mines. CEOs and executives have uh, signed up literally to codes of conduct uh, and best practice, um, the adoption of the, on the, of the uh, fall on ground specific safety interventions and how any of these programs um, match international best practice. If you could just share with us just well, very well, briefly. Well, I think, I think that these programs are not legally binding, okay? Mm-hmm. So you can't be taken to court even if you sign up if you don't comply. Okay. You know, and so um, South African Mines and Falls 
fall of ground is very problematic because they're very deep. So there's very high levels of seismic activity Mm -hmm. and ground keeps falling all the time. You know, so you run a very big risk. You know, in the deepest mine in the world uh, on the far west end towards Coltonville, um, that mine experiences something like 24 seismic events a day. Um, you know, so it is actually very, very dangerous. Um, you know, it is, it is, a lot of the stuff is just advertising. You know, it doesn't translate into reality. It's, ah, oh, we all sign these things. We are so wonderful. And very often there's a difference between head office and the rock face. Yeah. The guys at head office who sign these agreements don't understand the conditions at Rockface, and the guys at Rockface are pressurized to maintain high levels of productivity, and then safety goes mm. out the window. Yeah, thank you so much for your views. Uh, quite a, uh, a measured intervention there, saying, yeah, there's a lot to commend the mining industry for, but there's a lot of review needed too. David van Veek, research and mining analyst at the Benchmarks Foundation. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.